Howdy Meeps, welcome to the Meeple Syrup Show. And we're live. So, so how come you guys get the live signal before I get the live signal? I'm the one that's I don't know. I always wonder why you pause so long. Well, because I have this countdown that says five, four, three. Do you guys just have the same countdown? No. no, it just goes live. Okay, why do you sorry, think guys, I make a great way to start. And, and they're like, it. hi. I don't know. I don't okay. know. I don't know when it's going. <laughs> yes. Okay, so welcome to Maple Syrup. <laughs> Jesse's Jesse's face was frozen in a happy smile for a second. Jesse, you're like totally max headrooming. That's so interesting. Like you're What's you're jittery and frozen in space at the time. You've never seen Max Headroom? That's like a quintessential piece of like Canadian because it's it's Matt Furrer who's the actor. Uh, Canadian content, uh, dystopian future sci-fi, where you know he's a AI that. Uh, was once a newscaster and starts leading an underground rebellion. Anyway, uh, that's a little <laughs> divergent. So welcome, welcome to our show on kickstarting your creativity this week on the show. Uh, we're here with Jesse. No backers required. No backers required. Jesse and Erica, and we're gonna go through a bunch of different creativity exercises for us to 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 go through. That's a little redundant, but that's what we're gonna do. No, so, I have fun, play with. We're, yeah, and have we're fun. Get imaginative. To learn some things. Um, hello there, out there in Meeple Surf land. So we got Brother Ming already watching, Eric watching, Paul, Jimmy Jones, Zach. So we've got a bunch of good people already on the line and some of them will be hopefully jumping on the show with us in a bit. Um, Ming said he'd love to come on and I know Paul uh, is coming up. Paul, by the way, is a pat patron of the show. So he's joined our Patreon at the pancakes level so he's definitely 100 percent coming on the show because that's how we roll with our patrons um so he'll be on for sure let's see about the rest of them they're they're pretty people <laughs> until soon they make the cut <laughs> <laughs> yes and yes you're right paul exactly so uh matt furrer later started on orphan black a canadian dystopian future sci-fi uh where he's part of a revolutionary movement that's right I I sense a I sense a typecasting kind of thing going on here. <laughs> He's a comedian, actually. He's really funny. Uh, and and to bring that full circle, I made a game about Orphan Black, about a Canadian dystopian sci-fi feature where he is part of a revolutionary movement. So there you go. <laughs> we brought it all the way back to yeah. the show. And Jesse's really well, quirky make, robot face. Make make a like what, what's the creativity connection though? So how how did how well, did the Orphan Black help inspire that game? How Orphan Black helped inspire that game was by or like what was the creative version. spark that that brought that game to life? Where'd you guys get the idea uh, that from? Would, Other than a contract. Other than a contract, yeah, yes. just, that would be no. Um, we got the idea because there was an uh, enforced constraint of we wanted to be a social deduction game, and uh, we wanted to make a social deduction game that by the end of it you could actually tell the story of the game by uh, where everything was laid on the table type idea, right? Okay. So we wanted the tableau to be able to like prove the story correctly, right? <clears throat> we don't, you don't see that a lot in a lot of the <laughs> social deduction games like Werewolf and things like that. It's, it's just the reminiscence of the story, which is good uh, because that's, you know, how human beings build memories through telling the story. But we wanted something where you could actually see it play out uh, through the manipulation of the parts on the table. There you yeah, go. That's really cool. And there's yeah. a first creativity tip right there, right? Uh, constraint. Constraint yes. can breed creativity. It can, because um, usually you're translating and, a very specific idea, so that in itself is very fascinating. Yeah, my um, my early design days when I was just getting started and I recognized that the best way to get better at designing games was to just keep trying to make them. Um, I think the best thing that I did was for a full year, I participated in the, um, uh, one, the one month design at someone on BGG. So every month there'd be a new theme and you had 30 days to put together a print and play. Right. Um, and I made 12 very bad games. Um, but it was great because every month I got a new creative seed and then I had a time constraint and usually because it was print and play, that meant you were also trying to keep it small. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And that was a, a really great way to have a whole bunch of ideas. Hmm. That's I think that's really good advice for like a maxing out sort of <laughs> uh, way of get, getting into design. It's like, here you go. You can't come up with an idea like other than what we're going to teach you in this show. It's like, just do that. They'll tell you what yeah. to do. You run it for 30 yeah. days. Go. <laughs> yeah. Just or like do contests on BGG. There's always in the game design forum. There's like contests going on that are like community run every month, every couple months. Just like figure out what contest is currently going on. Read the re requirements. Do it. Mm -hmm. Jamie Jones is saying that he didn't see much of Max Headroom so he didn't, since he didn't have cable TV when he was a child. Neither did I. I think it was on ABC. That's where I think I saw it. He had like bunny ears. Yeah. <laughs> he, had now, he had bunny ears and living really close to the United States. Uh, yeah, yes. Lawson, oh, the, sorry. I was going to say Buffalo channels. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was uh, Northern Michigan channels. So um, Eric Slauson is saying that the Game Crafter contests have helped him immensely for the same reason that Jesse states giving you the constraint and the deadline, right? The pressure. It's interesting, constraints are a very positive, negative thing. Like I have to say, if you're under them too often, I think it becomes a problem, but it is really kind of a fun exercise to work within them. Yeah, it's sort of like being on amateur uh, open mic too much when you should probably go pro. <laughs> yeah, sure. Like there's a time when running a doing a contest doesn't really actually serve you in the way you think it does. No, that's that's true. I just depending on what your, in general, depending on what your goal yeah. is, right? Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, it could be a good way to get noticed by people, like consistently you have good games, mm -hmm. right? And you, you'll get, you could probably collect a good amount of playtesters doing that if you really wanted to. Yeah. That actually might be the secret to it. Don't even go for winning the contest to earn the people. Earn the people. Uh, Zach well, Connolly's asking, have you ever participated in Nagademon? Uh, Do you know what that is? Yeah, is it? I'm sorry. National Game Design Month. Yeah, it's really similar to the novel, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which <laughs> yeah. One, is it October? That's is is negative so. into October. I think it is, but uh, it is um, it is a nice constraint. Like if you are able to put the month into something, that's a great way to do it. Uh, sorry, Erica, I cut you off. What were you going to say? Yeah, it's fine. Let's talk about this game month thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, it's just like it's just like Nanorimo. Uh, where you're gonna write for a whole month? Write for a novel for a month, yeah. Yeah, this is this is work for a month, and at the end of it, the 30 days, you should have a game. Of, of I think if, if you felt like you weren't, you know, because a lot of the times it's like the same thing we do with like exercise, like oh, I'll start tomorrow. I think there's like one of those things with game design sometimes, especially if you're not kind of like having consistent reasons to always be in it. Like I think I'll we're a little different because it's like, well, I owe this by a certain time. So like I have to design today. But when you don't have that, I think there's kind of like, ah, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. Like exactly like November. It's in November the same. Yeah. So I gotta say it's I think that'd be a great one to for a lot of people that are like always putting this kind of stuff off. Like, oh, but I'll do it someday. It's like, okay, here, this month is for that. Go. Yeah, and the, the emphasis isn't on quality, it's on an outcome. No, I didn't get it done. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So and this actually leads me to a question, Erica. What do you think creativity is? I think it's inspiration, is what I love think of it as. What's inspiration, though? That's the thing, because because it's like literally independent to the person. So what I think is, is like we are all stimulated in different ways. And when I look at something, I get stimulated by it in a way that hopefully then triggers uh, like for me, it's almost like the, all these little puzzles connecting, like all these pieces that fall in together that it's like, this does this is like all, kind of from all these different stories or things that I've seen. And so my brain starts to build a new version of that wherever that goes. And so I say, it's almost like for me, and again, I have a bit of ADD brain. So my, my, my things fire a little strangely sometimes, uh, but it's almost like my, my ideas fight fright each other. So what I need is inspiration is actually really, really good for me or like seeing something even to say like, do this, work on that, fire by that. And then all of a sudden it's like my brain has something to actually focus on instead of just doing whatever it wants in every direction. And then it's like, okay, well, what about this? this, 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 this. And it's like, okay, well, at least you're all agreeing in like a way of going. <laughs> and that's is, how is things that why constraints help you? Because they yes. focus you? Right. Yes. Yeah. I pick things. I, I purposely pick like a theme, a mechanic, whatever it is, I pick something to say, this is the box I now need my brain to like focus through. Otherwise it'll do whatever the hell it wants. Cool. Jesse, what about you? What does creativity mean uh, for you? Beat me to the skew. Um, oh. Yeah, so I think, 
So I think I think we identify something as an act of creativity when it violates expectations. When someone does something that you didn't expect them to do. And so internally you sort of feel like you're being creative when you're in some sense surprising yourself. When sort of the ideas that come to your mind are unexpected. Hmm, that's great. I like that a lot. <clears throat> Elizabeth Gilbert, um, uh, she writes that creativity is a crushing chore and a glorious mystery. Um, the work wants to be made and it wants to be made through you. Uh, so for me, I think of creativity linked heavily to inspiration that, that you guys were talking about before, uh, where it's that flash in the pan. It's like, bam, hit by lightning. Uh, but based on the work that, you know, the three of us have been doing lately, uh, I also find creativity in the pressure of having to get something done. I guess mm -hmm. I'm hit by lightning bolts, but I'm hitting myself with the lightning bolts. I don't know. Yeah. As opposed to yeah. this outside source that says, boom, hey, make this thing. So it's, it's kind of neat. Uh, Paul Saxberg is saying, Erica, for you, maybe uh, the thoughts are like sheep and the constraint is like a sheep dog. Sure. sure. Probably. <laughs> no, it's, it's something I had to work on. So anyone who has ADD out there, it's like you can start to learn to correct your thoughts. It just might take about a decade or so. Uh-huh. And Paul also says, um, in regards to what Jesse said, uh, that's amazing because I've heard a very similar definition of humor to was, what Jesse describes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was going to add, I, when you started talking, Jesse, I was like, that sounds like the definition of absurdity. <laughs> Yeah, That's what yeah. I was going to say, but I was like, okay, wait a minute, maybe not. Yeah. And uh, Paul continues saying that creativity and humor are often analyzed along with each other and compared and contrasted. And are they similar? Possibly, right? That's great. That's a really, really I good. See. The Greeks would say so. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Go Greeks. Um, <laughs> so what are we going to do? What are we going to do, creative people? Exercises. Ex yeah, it's some fun. I hope some everybody's got, got a set of dumbbells and you're ready oh. for your push-ups and sit-ups. I've got all these, these dominoes to lift up. Oh, it's a lot of dominoes. So heavy. So heavy, that plastic container. I'm getting crushed into the I thought we were doing like mental <laughs> mental lifts, though. If you oh. could like telepathy lift that, wow. No, that would be impressive. I'd be amazing. I'd be an X-Man. Yes, you would be. That'd be awesome. All right. Sorry, let's rein ourselves back in. We're just let's getting silly because it's that in. type of episode. We we kind of want to be in the space. Just so you know, this is actually part of the process in itself. You have to just be ready to be silly and do whatever. Uh, <laughs> we'll just actually. I think that leads into a perfect thing. So we had kind of three just little tips that might help people when they're trying to get into like kind of the creative mood, and it's more kind of knowing yourself, but also pushing yourself. Uh, so we kind of came up with three. Uh, that we think will help a lot. The first one is the idea of, if you've ever done improv, they always say, yes, and. And so in this kind of, it, when you're kind of getting to this creative space, people like to doubt themselves or just kind of squash ideas by saying no. When you want to get into the space, you don't do that. Like that could come later when you're editing or correcting or whatever it is, but this is a free flow thing. Don't stop yourself because you can, you can actually get in the habit of canceling out thoughts. Like if you stop the habit of that, your thoughts flow in a completely different way. They start to actually connect to each other and go down longer pathways than if you keep saying no, 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 no. And so it's a really good exercise to get into is just say, yes, then what, then what? Yes, and, right? Uh, so our next one was, we kind of already talked about this, but kind of just making that time. Like, you know, we've set aside an episode. We're just like, let's talk about game design, something like that. Just set up aside time, especially every day if you can. It's like uh, the Stephen King thing saying like, hey, if you want to be a writer, write every day for 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. And so even if it's that small amount, it's the habit of it and the the drive of it. Like Jesse's saying, like, I, you know, do a game every month, these contests, whatever it is, gets you into that like, okay, but I'm designing all the time and you're getting better and better at it. Uh, and the last one is, know your environment like if you're someone who can't deal with uh, like a ton of sound it just cancels out your own thoughts that can't be a place that you are probably going to be capable of designing it or if you're someone who needs background sound dead quiet might actually kind of ruin it for you so i would say that's kind of the main three that it's like just go for it don't say no to yourself in any way always say yes and kind of make sure you're setting yourself up for uh for being creative not necessarily setting yourself up for failure like putting yourself in the wrong place and saying Okay, go. Oh, I couldn't perform. Now what? It's like, don't set yourself up for that. 
Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Darn. <laughs> now we yeah. can get into some games. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, exercises. So you guys start the exercise. I'm trying to bring Paul in. Uh, he says he is in the green room, but I don't see him in the green room. All right. Are you able to post any pictures for us? I do can. you want to do visualization first, or do you always want to do? I will post Ooh, a picture. There we go. We have, we a, have picture. a picture. All right. So All right. how does this creativity exercise work, Erica? All right, so this is a type of visualization. Visualization can be a lot of fun. It could be just somebody sent you a picture of something. It could be a sentence starter. It could be almost anything. And what it really is, is trying to get your head to decide, like picture what it is, where did this come from? What's the world around it like? What's the scenario that this thing exists in? And so this can be where inspiration comes from. And it's a really good exercise to kind of being like, this is a good one where it's got a lot of possibilities, which would be really fun to see where we'll go with this. And so love anyone who's watching, like kind of figure out for yourself. The idea for this one is what's the game? So this I'm is sure like, you, this yeah, is like what, sorry. a box cover? Here's a box cover. Right? Sure, this could be the box cover, right? Or this could be like the, the first image you see when you open up the rule book, whatever it is. It's what's the game? And so I think we come across images like this all the time. We're like, oh, that's really cool. I don't know why, but that speaks to me. Uh, so just as a little kind of add on, save folders of those things because you'd be amazed when you want to sit down and just be like, yeah, I want to come up with something. You're, you might just zone in on like, oh, that picture, that picture makes me think this, 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 and this. Okay, there's my game. Yeah. And so this is good right. for theme make building too, by the way. Yeah. If, you, if you're so, not necessarily a theme person. <laughs> so what do we got here? What do you, what do you think, Erica? Um, All right. We've got, if this is the box cover of the game, I'm seeing... Ancient uh, civilization. Actually, I'm see. seeing like we're fish. Um, that's oh. where I'm thinking. Like you're the, the fish. fish. I like this. We're the okay. fish. Right. We're I look at it. I'm like, who are the players? The players are the fish. Clearly, those are the only like sentient things on this. So we're the fish, and we're like exploring the ruins of some kind of like elven under the ocean thing. So we're like fish is ocean the... archaeologists. I was gonna say it almost sounds like a fish dungeon crawl. <laughs> <laughs> ah, <a> dungeon swimmer. <laughs> dungeon swimmer. Oh, that'd be that's adorable. right. That's it. This is dungeon swimmer. Dungeon swimmer. Yeah, I love right. this idea already. Okay. Oh my gosh. That's good. Yeah, so I see. I see like an ancient civilization. So for me, I think this could almost be like this is the backstory of like whatever it is, either culture that we're like looking for, or uh, maybe even like find proof that they existed. And so I think this could be a really cool one. Like it, it doesn't necessarily have to go underwater archeology span because what I'm almost like, okay, this could be like an Atlantis thing. This could be like, um, you know what I mean? Like all these, uh, so here's a fun one. If this was a backstory, this is my, my brain just went. Okay, so uh, in, the, in the Odyssey, we used to believe that all the islands were fake, right? Like everything he went to didn't exist. We used to not believe Troy existed until we actually found remnants of it because those islands really did. So now we realize it's like a lot of those islands could have been real because they kind of came up and disappeared. What if this was like this, the story for this one or the game for this one centered around this, one of the islands that disappeared. Oh. And so you guys are looking. Did we just totally lose Erica? Oh, really? No. I'm I still, here. still here. Hi. I can't see her at all. So can you I hear can, me, Jesse? I can see in her fine, Sen. Oh, I'll go out and come back in. Can you hear me? I'll go ahead and come back. All right, she's leaving and coming back. Well, okay. I mean, so so for audience members that are following along, um, I feel free to like throw your answer to the question, "What's the game for this picture?" and the next one that comes up, um, while we continue fighting with the background tech difficulties. I see Erica now. Yeah. Okay. And we're working. It happened once before where I had to pop in and come back in. Anyway, long story short, I would make up an island that didn't exist. This would be the backstory for that game. And then I'd have something where people were trying to find, uh, like, excavate or archaeology, like, do some sort of dive on the site or something like that. I don't know. That's where I was headed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> where I got cut off. <laughs> so where I was headed, ha, ha, ha. Just a little pun there on the picture because it's a giant head. Uh, was that we were ancient gods that are buried underneath the sea and we have to Ooh. rise up from underneath the sea and claim our rightful places amongst, uh, well, those mere mortals, right? And take, ah. take over what was once ours. But uh, you know what? I'm going to pop out while you guys do this. 
uh, and bring one of our guests on, okay? And we'll see what he thinks about this. One sec, hold on. Am I still here this time? You're still here. <laughs> I'm okay. wondering who it's gonna be. Oh goodness. And our mystery guest is... is it me? It's you. I can hear oh. voices, I don't see anyone. Hello. Is it just a uh, hey. voice? Hello. No, it's a whole it's a whole it's a whole image. We have all oh, of I can't see the image. Oh no. That's okay. I can hear. Well, it's fine. That's all right. We're good. <laughs> We're having technical good. difficulties. So sorry. um Eric. Hello. Uh quickly introduce yourself to our lovely audience. I am Eric Slauson, a game designer, also a teacher. It's a Harper Park logo <laughs> for you. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, and when you see, uh, imagine this as the box cover for the game that you just had, uh, make a million dollars on Kickstarter. What of game course. is inside that box? Mm. Uh, I was just typing this out. I was kind of stumped by this for for a while, um, and then I started thinking about um, like some sort of uh, like Fountain of Youth type mystical. Uh, this is a some sort of ancient goddess statue that has some sort of i don't know power to it and we've discovered that these fish from being around it so so often give you these powers like if you eat this fish you have you live forever or whatever so we're trying to kind of fish in this area but the problem is that you know these gods don't want us down there and so there's sort of a i don't know maybe a, a pressure luck of like the closer you get to the head the more powerful the, the magic is, but then the head could come to life and eat you or something like that. Um, but that's kind of what I was thinking that, that yeah. it's like radioactive magic and the fish, instead of having two heads have like magic powers. <laughs> awesome. Uh, I now want a game based on the very idea of this Godhead eating you. That is somewhat like the center of fireball Island, but it's the whole game and it's like actually <laughs> can try to eat you. It's like, like hungry, 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 hungry hippos with ancient gods that try <laughs> to hungry, eat you. Hungry, ancient gods. <laughs> Except you play as That's hilarious. That is true. And the little uh, white balls are people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're your soul. Sign this guy. <laughs> that sounds very like, is it, what, isn't there like an anime? Like Soul Eater. It's Soul Eater, the anime. Ah, uh, yeah. It all falls. Um, Jamie Jones said this could be 2030 after the climate changed. Oh, I like that. Ooh. Is that like the Statue of Liberty at the bottom <laughs> of the ocean there? That's pretty That's pretty deep. You fools. Wah, wah. Wah, wah, wah. You're all on right, cool. Head. I'm on something. I'm on something. Thanks for joining us, Eric. Yeah, um, we'll see you in a bit, all right? Thanks, all right. Boom. Yeah, so uh, you'll notice that we're in a different order now. We've had to jump in and out of things. And we're trying to see how we get in here. Uh, I think we have our next next guest lined up, but what's our game going to be? All right. So, do you want to just move to the next game? We can cycle back if we have time. Yeah, let's do yeah. that. All right. Let's cycle through some games. Sure. All right. So the next one we're going to do is mashup. And uh, Erica, how, how would you like to do this? Do you want to do the audience request or one of the preloaded? weird theme mechanic combination let's how about this let's do a preloaded weird theme and let them come up with something that maybe we can mash up on the side okay right. now i have to warn you i don't know if we're going to see anything hopefully oh wait a second what our guest just dropped we'll see what happens so let's right. let's let's get some well, information started sure in the meantime what we're going to ask from the audience uh so for the second mashup that we do we're going to take some of your prompts and try and make a game out of them so um <laughs> either favorite games favorite mechanics favorite themes least fa favorites of any of those persons there and uh, when we get around to it we'll just pull two from a hat and then uh sen will design a game for us Okay. Yeah, that'll be Sen's job. We'll go for at least two to three, and we'll see what he can do with it. All right. Um, so keep on talking because okay. we're, I'm just loading some guests. All right. All right. So let's start off with it. What, what, what preloaded mashup do you have for us, Jesse? Sure. Um, so uh, do you want one that's just a weird theme, or do you want uh, a theme and a mechanic pair? That doesn't matter. Whatever. Yeah, I like I like weird themes, and then we sure. Are, but you can or spies. Dinosaur, dinosaur spies. spies. All right. Are they so, sentient spies? Like, are the dinosaurs the one thinking, or are we programming them? Are we, or are we spying on dinosaurs? Ooh. No, yes, I, I want them to be the spies. Okay, well, I want to spy on them. 
So okay. if you want to spy on them, we can. I'm gonna go one direction. You can go another one. All right. All right. <laughs> Mine will eat yours. It'll be fine. It'll be in the all good. Spies get eaten all the time. Spy versus I'll design, spy. Also a good game. I'll design yeah. the meta game where the dinosaur spies eat the spies who are spying on the dinosaurs. <gasps> oh. All right. It's the so, Truman Show, yeah. but then they eat the. <laughs> Right. Sorry. Continue. So, so Sen, what's this game where you're spying on dinosaurs? Like? Oh, well, I love time travel. So it's a time travel game where you are an like, anthropologist, scientist, biologist, sent back in time to spy on the dinosaurs, to learn about them without changing the GD timeline, man. Come on, don't make a recursive timeline. Don't make paradoxes. But of course, life happens as it does in the ancient uh, Cretaceous period. And you will be most likely set against that whole paradox not forming thing by the actions that it's going to take you to survive and get back to the future uh, with all the information that you've been spying on the dinosaurs about. So um, if you know anything about anthropology, typically, uh, and biologists as well, typically what you want to do is not introduce yourself into the culture of what you're observing is you observe from afar, so you're actually spying on them. So that's where that's why my brain first went when we thought dinosaur spies. Uh, and so you got to go spy on them, collect the info, don't get at, uh, and don't change the timeline, don't change the future, and then get back in time. Okay, sorry. Um, uh, oh, by the way, hello to everybody from uh, Geekway. Jason uh, is setting up his booth there. We'll see you there in a couple days. All right. Uh, what do you have for us, Eric? What are you going to do? All right. So I, I like the idea of dinosaurs in time, but I want my dinosaurs to be the spies. So what I'd like to do is have a future where the dinosaurs are, maybe some of them were brought to life as sentient creatures. I don't know. Just accept that they exist. And they have gone back in time as like these time agents, but they are dinosaurs. And they realize that there's they would cause a huge panic in any time zone that they actually went to. So not time, time era that they went to. And so this is actually also like a super spy mission where like, you not only need to collect information, but you can't be seen because you're a dinosaur. <laughs> and so I think there'd be something really interesting about that just because that's, I don't know, that's just where my brain went as being like a little bit of a different idea on like, yes, this is why you'd care cause a paradox if I was gonna do a time one. It's like, it's not that you just change anything. It's like, you're a dinosaur. <laughs> if, if you have some sort of like mechanic about being observed, and it's like, there you've created a paradox. Someone saw a dinosaur walking around, which could yep. actually kind of work within the storyline because there's weird stories throughout history of like giant lizard things. And I don't know, that could be our time traveling dinosaurs. Sounds awesome. We've gone from dinosaur yeah. spies to time traveling dinosaurs. I love it. Right. There's sort of spies on time, but you know what I mean. Anyway, that's where my brain went. Yeah. Where, right. where did your brain go from? Where does your brain go from both of those, Jesse? Because I'm, I'm thinking. Um, Patrick Leader would like a, to well, make an asymmetrical game. I mean, so at this point, I mean, so th th this is normally where I step in, in in a collaborative environment, which is, okay, we've got some like good themes in place. And so now it's time to start like hammering out mechanics. And so I've already like started thinking about some asymmetric player powers. Like, oh, you're a T-Rex, which means you're freaking huge. You can knock stuff over, but you've got super tiny arms. So you've only got one inventory space um, and it's easy to <laughs> see you. Bag. Yeah, but and you're like if you're the Velociraptor, you know you're quick and you're super smart. Um, but like you know you're also um, you know everybody's excited to take pictures with you and stuff like that. I'm not exactly sure now. Getting seen is maybe fine for you. Oh, maybe you could start. Um, some of them could fake it a little bit. It's like yeah, you could be right. like you I'm like a, an actor. I'm playing because yeah. I'm assuming they talk. I mean they're sentient, sure. so fine. Yeah, they can talk. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. And like, and, and, and there's probably like a hunger system where, uh, as you take actions, you become more and more hungry and the hungrier you are, you have to like roll, uh, you like roll these action dice. And if your hunger value is below the result you get on the action dice, you get forced to eat the nearest non-dinosaur to you. Like as part of your turn, you must eat the closest thing to you Do you have to like manage your hunger and be careful about that. Hmm. It's All obviously right. a co-op game, so there's and just don't um, cause a paradox. There's just like yeah, there's just like action point press your like thing. As you're spending your action points, you're getting hungrier, and so you might like be like, oh, I need to go hang out in the zoo where I can eat something and <laughs> might not get noticed. Not be like in Central Park where if I eat somebody, it'll be a problem. Uh, maybe. <laughs> All right, so let's bring a guest in. We're gonna bring the one, the only, Mr. Zach Conley. <laughs> save me from myself. Right. No, this is why it's fun. You gotta go down these ridiculous routes. Hey, Zach, what's up? 
How you doing, guys? Good. Hey. Can you introduce yourself quickly? Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. Introduce yourself, bud. Uh, I'm Zach. I am the only person responsible for Royal Land Games. <laughs> uh, it's a small company. I just make tiny little games. I'm a big fan of the show and a moderator of the Meeple Syrup Top Ten Group. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So, Jesse and Erica, are you going to throw something into Mr. Connolly's court? Actually, before you do that, I wanted to say your time-traveling dinosaur thing reminded me of the movie We're Back, where the dinosaurs actually... Oh, oh I love that movie. With, I, did, I remember that. Yeah. Oh, my God. Year, so many memories just came back. You know? They had to, like, be spies because they didn't want anyone to realize that they were back, so... Didn't they go to a circus? <laughs> I feel like they went Fantastic. to a circus. I was I, I was kind of young though. You know, I think they went to a circus. That's all I remember is a circus tent. Anyway, continue. No, it's you guys. You guys got to throw oh. some some problems. Oh, I think we should use some of the combined ones, unless you know you, no, sure. you want to go with time traveling space dinosaurs or whatever they were. All right, what do we? We had a few funny ones down here, so I'm gonna yeah. throw some. You guys catch whatever ones you think are most interesting as I say them. Here we go. Edible game pieces. Belfort plus Roar plus Cora, retired mascots, bananas. Uh, retired mascots who are spies. Something about Abe Lincoln. Precious. <laughs> there's a note here about precious liquids with really low evaporation points. Was that okay, a game so idea or based on something we said? No, I don't know. But it's now but, an inspiration prompt. Yeah, so um, I'm going to take the inspiration point of There Goes Abe Lincoln from Eric's Lost, which I don't think he's actually talking about as a game prompt, I think he was talking about when the, uh, or maybe he was, when the dinosaurs go back to the dinosaurs time, eating they people. might eat a, a blanket. <laughs> but uh, so <laughs> for some reason, this links up in my head with what Jesse was saying about feeding your hunger, uh, because when Jesse said feeding your hunger, I said, oh, that would be a really cool mechanism for a vampire who doesn't want to be a vampire, like Alucard type thing, where I have a hunger, I've got to feed it, but, but I don't want to. I don't want to kill humans anymore, um, or at all. And that led me to think Abe, Abe Lincoln it, vampire vampire slayer. <laughs> is that where you were going? Okay. That is exactly where I was going. Uh, and so, um, an Abe Lincoln game where he is responsible for the safety of the nation in more ways than just one. Uh, not just by writing laws and doing all those things, but by fighting the the demons and the hell spawn that come through a hell gate. There's also a hell gate. Come on, guys. The Jersey Devils and suches. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like Mothman and all those kind of Americana myths. Yeah, instead of not necessarily vampires, but they come from the old country. How about the Lincoln game where you're trying to find him at the theater that night? Oh. Oh, before he gets shot? Yeah. Like like a time traveling spy would do. Or dinosaurs. <laughs> no, not a dinosaur. <laughs> Jesse, what do you think about Abe Lincoln? Where does Abe Lincoln take you now that you're living in the land of Abe Lincoln? Uh, I actually really like this idea of trying to find him in the in the yeah, 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 too. Too. you can prevent um, the shot as the end condition of the game. That's awesome. that's, you know, that's, yeah, that's like anti oh. that's like the reverse of Secret Hitler type thing, right? Not Secret Hitler, uh, Black Orchestra. I love that like a weird Waldo, but you're looking for Hit for um Hitler. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure we're looking for Abe Lincoln. Abe Lincoln. <laughs> Let's look for Abe Lincoln. I mean, I, I don't yeah. think. Or 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 if you're a spy, if you're a time traveling spy, you need to get information from Abe Lincoln, but also ensure that he gets shot, that he's in the right place at the right oh. time to get oh, shot. Oh, I love that. And yeah, so you're I, like. So you're like intervening on the timeline, but you need to preserve the critical point. Oh yeah, actually, I love that's that. Me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's it's 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 like a time mechanic of actually yeah, need you to like preserve certain timelines that way. So yeah, huh. maybe like there's maybe there's a counter agents who are going to disrupt the timeline, and we are trying to save the timeline. Just even had a game kind of based on this. Dual factions would be a good idea where it's like a competitive co-op kind of thing where you could be team-based mm, and you each have your objectives, games. right? And I don't know. It could even be one of those hidden identity ones too because maybe it's like you don't quite know who's working with you even though yeah. you know what your objective is. It could be interesting. You all just got sent back, but you don't necessarily know if you're sent back together. Cool. Well, thanks so much, Zach, for participating in, in the Abe Lincoln thing. We're going to bring another person in. We'll see you in a bit.
Good old Abe Lincoln. <laughs> Good old Abe Lincoln. Uh, so we're bringing in my little brother. Hey, hey. <laughs> Neil, can you hear us, Ming? We can't hear Ming. We can't hear you. Can he go out and come back in? That's what happens to me. He can. He can. He can just contribute by interpretive dance. <laughs> oh, we oh. missed out on that one. <laughs> Next time, bring, see if we can come back in and see if his. Um... Can you hear me now? Yes, we can. Okay, that's cool. Better. All right. Okay, that usually fixes cool. it for me too. Yeah. <laughs> so what are we gonna do now? Are we gonna talk more about Abe Lincoln, or do you want to talk more about Absolutely Abe Lincoln? Ming? Absolutely uh, we not. Can, <laughs> we can pose the reversal idea, get that started, and then see if we can make another mashup. Sure. So okay. this is a new exercise uh, to flag everybody. So we're gonna shift into okay. the reversal exercise. Erica, Ooh. what are the rules of the game? All right, so what we while we do one more example of a mashup or a visualization, one of the two, uh, what we'd like you guys to do is start generating the idea of an end condition. And it could be thematically attached, but some sort of end condition where this is basically how you want the game to, to either finish or how you win or whatever the, the condition is. And what we have to do is actually figure out how to get a game to do that, that will oh. basically from start to finish reach that ending. And so sometimes you have that. That's it's so it's a reverse yeah. design. <laughs> and so if you can come up with an an, an interesting um, for end the audience, condition, give us some game endings, some game end conditions, one. and to to fill in the time while we wait for that. Uh, one more random Let's prompt. Do a visual. You want to do a visual? Let's Send do a visual. We had a couple. Sure. And did you did you like any of the other ones, son? Sure, I like a lot of them. I'm going to call up one right now. So I'm going to kick myself out so you guys can talk about this. Yep. Let's see what he picked. <gasps> he picked the Pulsar. <laughs> All right. So this All right. ends with everybody just being destroyed. So this oh, is there we go. obliteration. Go. Yep. I will uh, not tell you what this actually is. Go. <laughs> oh, I don't know what that is. So it just looks like something's being destroyed. Uh, Yeah, a game end where you're all trying to find mutual destruction but i guess the person who causes it wins interesting uh, so you want everyone to die but you want to be the one who caused it yeah yeah it could be okay. multiple armageddon tracks and maybe everybody has their own armageddon device and the first one to destroy everything wins it's like simultaneous player elimination. Everybody loses. Yeah. Well, maybe it's the world being eliminated. Because, I mean, that's a good way to thematically tie in using up resources. There's only a certain amount of resources on the board slash planet, and everybody's mm -hmm. trying to use it. And the game ends when all the resources are used slash destroyed. Uh, and so everything you build destroys more resources, but it uses resources mm -hmm. to build them. So it's a engine builder that is exponentially fast. Interesting. Which might be very. I don't know yeah. if that would be good. Yeah, I was actually thinking of like uh, a, you. You just the fork I went with your idea was more mm -hmm. of a, a universe scale game of rampage, where it's like a set collection thing, and you collect cards that correspond to the things that you're responsible for destroying. Um, and so we're probably all like divine entities that are trying like. <laughs> so yeah, universe, it's time for the next one to be created. And to figure out who gets to create what in the next universe, we have a competition to destroy this one. Um, and so, mm. so you're like destroying stuff and you're trying to like get like sets of things. And yeah, mutual assured, mutually assured destruction. You want to die last. That's amazing, Jamie. Wanting to die last typically is the goal in every game. <laughs> I choose how we all go. Uh, that's funny. So uh, we've got Paul back in, which is great. But we're going to do a game ending with Ming. And Ming, I think you're going to enjoy this one. Uh, I will show it okay. right now. Well, I think you'll enjoy this because this, this, you. I want you to add the anime flavor to this. And this, this is your job. You're the only one I know who can do this thing. So you cannot even choose to not accept this mission. Your older brother is telling you you must, you, oh, okay. must do this mission. Okay. <laughs> our, our, our family honored relies on this. Okay. Jonathan Harb gives us this ending. Okay. Game ends when your crush chooses you. Aww. Oh my god. <laughs> There's actually two board games. I know of that already uses a mechanic. <laughs> it uses a the theme. One one was kickstarted and failed. 
All right, Sally. <laughs> okay, well, how would you make them the one that wouldn't fit? Yeah, no, I, I look at it. Uh, so it's definitely a game where the theme was uh, trying to get Senpai to notice you. Uh, <laughs> first one I to get them. Oh, of course it was. Notice me, senpai. Notice uh, me, senpai. <laughs> and so the problem that I thought was that it's too, I think, resource heavy. Uh, I think what makes these kind of games super fun, video games, is the story beat elements to it. And so I think instead of making a game like this where the goal is to get your crush to notice you by just like hitting resource markers of being like, hey, I'm filling up this meter and now I'm filling up this meter. I think it's much more important to have story beats where every yes. time you fill up a meter you get a story card and so the card can just be like a flag be like uh this person asks you what your favorite movie is uh, or something like that and it could either be maybe the game itself just has a correct and wrong answer or what i think would be much more interesting is that as you are playing the game collectively everybody is trying to figure out who this senpai is and so you write the perfect book and then everybody else has to write what they think their perfect book is. And as long as you match the taste of somebody else, you get the point. The senpai likes you more. Uh, and so it's all about getting opportunities. So like the resources are meant for opportunities to hang out with your senpai. But to actually win shouldn't be a matter of resource. It should be a matter of chemistry. And I saw oh. I really want to see a game like oh. that. That's uh, I really want you to make that game now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I've 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 tinkered with that idea before, but the problem is is that you can hate game it. So like, uh, you know, oh, I, you know yeah, I go on the date and you guys are like, he'll never know this obscure book. <laughs> so like, uh, huh. but your I best think something friends. like that should be yeah right. So your, like your best friends have like, to work together. Games that uh, games like, that are exploring like there's a should be about variant. Sorry, I just kind of in and out. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, it should be like a fog of love. Like, games that explore relationships, it can't mm -hmm. be just bars and meters and numbers and resources. No. You have to incorporate something. Simultaneous added. action selection. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, if you're competing over Senpai, I think that'd be so no, cool. No. If mm -hmm. one of you was the Senpai, uh, I, like, simultaneous so, well, action then... selection would be really interesting. <laughs> that's, just, uh, <laughs> that's just Cards Against Humanity. <laughs> Oh, I don't mean it like that. <laughs> I, it's funny because my brain started going down almost like this kind of like a choose your own adventure path of like, yeah, yeah, you know, definitely should have the story beats. Yeah, yeah, I think story beats are something that is missing. <laughs> uh, Zach Connolly is saying dream date, not dream. dream there's, a, there's a uh, there's red flags. That's a that's a party game. Is that about, uh, that's about not, uh, about red flags that pop up that yeah. make you not want to date that person? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> oh, it's reverse. Make the perfect cool. date and then tear them down. Oh, <laughs> awful, awful, awful. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. so right. thanks very much, Ming, for coming in and, and showing <laughs> us a little bit of the anime ways of noticing your senpai. Yeah, um, go get noticed by your senpais, everyone. Go get, go get noticed. Go get those uh, senpais. <laughs> and yeah, so I think you would make uh, the story beat idea is perfect for that. Go make that game, please. Ming, I will play it with you <laughs> a lot. All right. And we're going to kick Ming out. Say goodbye. Bye. Bye. And we're going to bring in our next guest, who is Paul Saxberg. Because Paul has finally figured out how his. Yeah, there it is. is it? Can you hear me? Can you yes. hear me? We can hear you. You we are you. actually working. Yeah. 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 I, so. I really loved uh, Ming's idea. It's it's superficially similar to something I was doing, which doesn't sound as good. Oh, <laughs> hey. Uh, so, Paul, introduce yourself. I forgot to ask Ming to, but you go ahead. Okay, so yeah, I'm Paul Saxberg. I'm community manager for Rockstar Games, probably my thing most people would know me for, but I am also, of course, like everybody here, an aspiring game designer. Uh, yeah, I and have, uh, he's also a fan cake. Yeah. Yeah, I'm totally a, fa a fan cake. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great. Um, so yeah. what, uh, what, which exercise we, are we doing? We have one more. Um, oh. So Paul's just in time for the most exciting one. Um, so we're going to play hot potato. Hot potato. So the way the, the plan for this was to work was that we're going to put, uh, I don't know, what's a good amount of time? 30 seconds, 45? Somewhere in there, yeah. Okay. Are we, well, are we doing a fixed amount or everyone kind of just like counting like, eh, gonna, enough time? <laughs> um, yeah, we can get, I, I can pull up a timer on the side here. Uh, I and so instinctively want to vote for 30. 
Okay. Oh, keep it's it like quick. Eh? Policy of 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 uh, push it hard to see if it's a good idea. Okay. Sure. Cool. So we're gonna do a thirty second timer, um, and the way it's gonna work is the uh, play order will be Sen's gone. Sen, where'd you go? Sen, come back. Sen. It's probably because we keep pulling people in and out. We'll get this figured no, out. He's back. Sen, are you here? We, we miss you. There he is. We miss you. Without you. All right, so I'm gonna get a timer. Um, I just have to set this app up correctly. And so the play order is going to be um, uh, Erica, um, I don't know, Erica, Sen, Paul, and I have the timer. I'm not gonna okay. participate. Is that like uh, having the eye of the tiger? What's going yeah. on here? Yeah, and so what's gonna happen is I'm gonna set this timer for 30 seconds. And um, for your thirty seconds, are you starting uh, us with something? Uh, yeah, I'll I'll give you a prompt. Okay. Um, what's this? One minute thirty, and then one minute. Sorry, if I'd realized this was coming, I could have prepped this application. Um, Do you want me to just turn on my phone? <laughs> no, no. Jesse's is going to program it in code and then upload it to the app store so that you can download it's actually, it. I was just going to say, surely at least one of us has a 30-second timer somewhere nearby. I could do it on either of these right now. <laughs> do you like me to do there we this? Go. I, got it. All right. I, I already pre-programmed it on this. Oh, there you go. Okay. So I got a, a minute 30 timer, um, which will do the three of you for 30 seconds. So, Sen, Erica. No, but are we, are we going to have a 30 seconds each? I'm going to give you a prompt at the end of your 30 seconds. Oh, you are. You're oh, going yeah. to stop. Yeah, at the end of your 30 seconds, I'll say, or whatever, and you're going to stop talking, and the next person to keep talking. And so you're designing a game. By the end of this, I would like to know who the players are, what the main actions they take are, and how they win the game. Cool. OK? Mm -hmm. Your prompt. Friend Erica, then me. Great. Yeah, okay. Erica, Sen, oh. and then Paul's going to bring it home. Your prompt is yeah. the title of your game is battery low, or battery is low. All right. So. All right, I think we're all little robots and I wanna be adorable and I wanna be like a Johnny Five character. And I think that what we are, so each of us are, we can actually be slightly unique robots and we do not have humans that can charge us. So it's a bit of a Wally thing going on here where somehow we need to find a way of charging ourselves. I don't mind if this turns into a resource game or we already are heading towards to find wherever this is. So somehow we're going for energy along the way, picking up small bits. But ultimately, I'd like to have uh, maybe an end condition. It'd be nice if we're working together. You guys can veto that in your 30 seconds. And and, and we're we're cute robots uh, trying to collect <laughs> battery energy. And by doing we're doing that by trying to go to different work sites and do jobs. We live in a future where the robots are semi sentient, maybe, and we we get to choose the jobs that we do realizing that by choosing a job, we might actually be kicking some other worker bots out of the opportunity to get energy. Uh, and so maybe it's a worker placement game that is not cooperative. Worker placement is not, not cooperative, except I do want to see like a sort of a gift economy going on. So like you need to have the, you need to have the other players uh, do actions uh, like playing cards or moving to a spot that will uh, give you a benefit in return. And that return, uh, those actions give you your energy that you can spend to in turn gain for yourself and for others. So it is, I think it's overall cooperative, but uh, co like a co competitive interactive while you're playing. And there we go. Battery low on Kickstarter next week. No. <laughs> we, <laughs> I think we forgot our win condition, but I think we got players in actions. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, you, as soon as you said cooperative I, and battery low, like it, it, I, I should have said it out loud, but it implied to me that the loss condition is someone runs out of battery. Yeah, uh, or I was thinking there's almost like some sort of mecha thing where we basically, it's a giant solar battery field. We just have to get to it. Okay, so we had very different ideas there. Well, yeah, I was just like, where, where could we be heading? Well, like, that could well, be the win, and mine could be the loss. Oh, yeah. We oh, yeah. We oh, can't yeah, lose yeah. them on, on the way. I like that. You can't lose them on the way. So maybe I have oh, to charge like them. Robots, <gasps> robots doing a journey towards... Well, well, actually, this could kind of solve the, the traditional player elimination problem where if somebody does run out of battery, you have to reactivate them or you cannot continue. Yeah, you have to charge them up before they die. Like, they cannot go flatline. 
So it's like, you might have to siphon some of your charge to get somebody else to keep going. That's like true that. cooperation. And I like it. Yeah. Uh, and they have, they have to do things um, as they're traveling this band of wacky robots to, and they each have different special specialities. Yeah. I think they're asymmetrical. Right. Yeah. Um, to do jobs for the humans who will pay them in yeah. E credits that so they get to recharge themselves. <laughs> And I really liked your idea, Paul, of like people doing actions that benefit them, but also have like a small bonus for maybe the next player in turn order or a specific other player. I think that could be a really cool thing, even in a cooperative game, if that's the direction that this takes. Um, could be a really interesting way to encourage cooperation, even if it's just something small like... Um, my car gives me a main action and then provides a resource icon that will power the kicker effects on the cards played by the next player in turn order. So it'd be almost like we were like collaboratively playing a game like Nightfall, where I'm trying to take an action such that I get to do the thing I want to do, but it also sets you up to get your bonus actions that you're going to follow me with and so on and so forth. <laughs> that sounds like our story game, Jess. Yes. Yes, in a way. That's really cool. Um, let's, uh, let's run this one more time, because that was kind of fun. And it's really short. OK. Um, do you want to be yeah. in on it? Um, sure, I can be on it. Is, does someone else want to watch a, a clock? Um, I will watch a clock. Are you sure? I can put up a timer. You haven't really participated, son. What do you right. mean? Okay, okay. If you, want All right. to, if you want to run the timer, go ahead and run the timer. Um, All right. So you want a minute and a half? So Eric is going to run a, a minute and a half timer for us. Yep. How about this? I, you guys can see it better if I do this. So ready? At 30, I'll just tell you. I'll say, eh. Okay, ready? Yeah. What's uh, the firing order? That's what I, uh, let's go. Hmm. Jesse, we'll start with you. Okay. Then let's do Paul. Then Sun can wrap it up. I'm the anchor. Okay. You can be the anchor. Bring it all back around. I'm not all a good right. anchor, just to let you know. Uh, uh, let's come up with something. Uh, okay. I need, I need to look at title for something. Um, anyone have any good ones? Someone must have something in the comments. Okay, hang on. I'll see if I can fix it. Um, yeah, if you're in the comments and you can think of a game theme that you'd like to hear as hot potato for a couple minutes, let us had, know. We had retired mascots from earlier. Oh, yeah, that was a kind of neat one. I like that. Um, let's go see which one this what they actually said. Okay, fine. Here's your here's your title then. Name Mascot Mischief. Mascot, mascot Mischief. Awesome. Okay. Ready? Right. Three, yeah. two, one, go. All right, so I'm immediately reminded of the... Uh, um, uh, HBO guy does the new stuff. But anyway, two weeks ago, he did this thing about Cheetan, which is this John Oliver was this like Japanese mascot that a doppelganger. So we are playing as mascot doppelgangers trying to affect the represent uh, the sort of tourism in a city by running in and interfering with their existing mascot and trying to gain more popularity than the existing <laughs> mascot. I think that's absolutely fantastic. Um, I want to see it as a social deduction game. I want to see variable player powers on the mascot. So like if we're both giant ducks, we have some kind of a duck power um, and we're competing not to determine who the genuine duck is, but maybe the genuine duck is an advantage, but to determine who's going to be the surviving duck. Oh, that's interesting. And so uh, the win condition in this, I don't know. Did, I, oh, <laughs> Go, okay. The weird condition in this, I thought we were done, is that um, you have to be the mascot that earns the most money for the city, uh, become the most popular mascot. And you can do that in part by doing a little take that stuff by identifying the who is underneath the hood or underneath the mask with the other mascots and like throwing dirt at their actual public character. So they have to fire that guy. Mm -hmm. And bring a new person in, and they're just not as good at being that. That's your game. <laughs> the dogs are in front of the console. Oh, they thought when I said beef, they thought the door. Someone's at the door. Sorry, guys. They might have thought someone's at the door. So there's mascot mischief. Uh, Erica, what would you add to that in 30 seconds? Yeah. I don't know. Like, that went all kinds of places. We're like already trying to figure out who's inside the suits. Um, uh, you know what? I feel like there'd be, have to, there'd be really interesting to have some sort of popularity feature in this as well. So maybe like mascots that are not as well loved as others can have a way of like bumping themselves up. Oh, I definitely think so. Known. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, definitely got to be something about you know the yeah. popularity of that mascot because they're trying to earn 
money and we, mascots do that through popularity yeah. and or, i like or, the idea of the actions that Paul was talking about or trolling in, in the in the case of the thing i'm, I'm remembering Cheetan, the mascot that john oliver had an entire episode about uh was a doppelganger mascot who basically was just like would wreck cars but was best friends with the city's existing mascot and like whoever this fake mascot was they put so much effort into having a personality but they were a troll and that was like part of the problem it was, it was, was like it, kind of like a false flag kind of deal we go around and get all these things blamed on the real mascot yeah is is this like is this like the japanese mascot chitan uh-huh is it like the japanese chitan like the the bear looking thing kind of a it's kind of a weird bear looking thing no it's an otter or is this a real it's thing it's a real thing. No, you oh. can look at it. There's a John Oliver episode on YouTube. You can watch it uh, last week tonight about Cheetan. Totally yeah, check yeah, it out. Yeah, yeah, It was like what, it, yeah, what, yeah. what got me running. Okay. And it says, I have an, a Japanese otter fired after an unsanctioned mascot goes rogue. Yes. These are legitimate things. That yeah. should be the subtitle yeah. of this board game. Yeah. Rogue mascots. <laughs> rogue mas when mascots go no, no, rogue. It was a real otter, <laughs> like an actual otter got fired from its job because a rogue mascot <laughs> <laughs> with the same name as the otter. Now you're this, there's this poor unemployed otter out there <laughs> standing in line somewhere for a handout. That is so weird. Okay, so cool. Um, interesting, interesting, interesting. <laughs> Well, it took you so long to get on the show, Paul, that I, I feel bad about kicking you out, so let's keep you oh, on. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay, whatever. Whatever serves yeah. the show best. It's you serve the show best um, by being here with us, and that's awesome. Thank you for coming on. And thank you again for your support on the Patreon. Uh, just as a note, uh, our Patreon is www.patreon.com slash syrup. We have a couple tiers, and we're looking towards building a goal of being able to get the audio from these back up online. Uh, we need funds to support uh, somebody actually doing that job because it's a thankless job. And uh, uh, we need to pay for server space to constantly host the um, podcast. We used to have a podcast up that we had to circulate the last 10 episodes or something. And it yeah. just became problematic and people would run out and say, where are the rest of them? Because there'd never be like all 186 of these at once. We just didn't have the space. Uh, and so if we can get some funding support, then that is what it's going to go towards first. And after that, we'll start setting other goals if, if it ever happens. So thank you so much, Paul, Paul for your, your support. Um, I know for a lot of people, when they support, it just seems like a drop in the bucket. But everything does really help us out. Uh, in the end, which is wonderful. A, a lot of drops make a rainstorm. Oh, yeah. yeah, they do. There you go. Um, so, Paul, you are a super creative guy. So I don't know if you follow Paul on social media. Um, he writes a lot of parody songs. Uh, and he and I have this kind of ongoing uh, beef, um, a bunch of diss tracks between uh, MC Junk Art and Dr. Bray, uh, our two rap personas. Uh, and Jesse used to be involved in that a little bit as well. Um, and so, you know, Paul Rapidly is- outclassed. Yeah, <laughs> very nice, but not in the puns. Uh, Paul is very much a creative guy. So Paul, how do you keep creative? Uh, well, be, being ADD really helps. Um, uh, I think just um, constantly exposing yourself to new, to new things. Um, I'm really interested in, in psychology. So I'm always like watching podcasts and, and videos and things on that. So uh, I posted in the Maple Syrup shop, shop Talk page, a really good one from John Cleese, uh, which is, um, aside from him being amazing and hilarious, it's probably the best scientific analysis of creativity I've ever seen. And so I don't know that I can give better advice than he can. Uh, but from my own point of view, I think <clears throat> just constantly being exposed to new experiences, new things you would not like go outside your comfort zone, listen to some sort of music you don't normally listen to, watch a show you wouldn't normally watch, hang out with someone you normally wouldn't hang out with, and put all of these things into your brain, and then they will ev eventually start to collide with each other and produce new things. That so is a really, really neat I, way of doing it. I like it. Uh, and certainly, I would say this this 
primarily should apply to games. Play the kinds of games you're not used to. Play, play video games. Play uh, old card games. You know, play whatever kinds of games. Sit down with a kid and 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 just play with them in a game that doesn't have any rules. You know. Huh. That's really interesting. Yeah. Very very cool. Yeah, that's um, really good advice. Yeah, 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 and that's. I think that's great that we ended on that because normally now is when we give advice, and right. I'm I'm really exciting. thankful that Paul was here to give that piece of advice because I certainly would have given that. That's great. Um, Jesse, is there anything that we need to talk about for the show? Oh, yeah, we have, show. we have guests. <laughs> uh, give me give me uh, sixty seconds. I'm gonna. Do you have a stopwatch for that? Erica? How about this? Uh, we have an infograph to follow up with this episode, just oh, on yeah, yeah. the creativity tips and just things that you can think about to try to like, you know, if you're just sitting around somewhere, like how can I come up with some ideas really quickly or get in the right kind of frame of mind for brainstorming. So we will be posting that as well soon. Yeah. So there's a, yeah. definitely an infographic incoming and Jesse, who's our next guest? Perfect. Thank you. Uh, so we're going to have uh, Addie Slepak and possibly Liz Roche from Gather Round Games, uh, which is a little game design uh, company that's based on the East Coast of the U.S. And their first game, um, which they're getting a second printing in just now, is called Someone Has Died, uh, which is about someone having died and now you're competing with the other players to get more of their stuff from their will. Um, <laughs> and uh, and additionally, I met them at PAX East, and uh, I met them because I play-tested probably the most uh, amazing power fantasy gaming experience I've ever participated in. It was a real-time game about filling your schedule. Four people sitting at a table trying to coordinate your plans, first person to fill four weeks with plants and middle of the day breakfast and dinner wins it was amazing uh so we're gonna have them on next week and that was from them as well that was also from them yeah that was the design awesome. they were working on uh so they're working on a real-time game about scheduling and yeah that's great um and anything else i think we just need to tell everybody to come uh, you know, check us out on the Shop Talk page, uh, group, actually, technically a group, uh, where we talk to the group. We're getting a lot of action on that, which is great. Uh, mostly thanks to Jesse being contentious, uh, which is fun. Go, Jesse. Um, I like Jessie. things people hate. Yeah, That's you fine. really, really do. Uh, and then also, again, I'm just going to share this with you all www. Oh, if I can get a dot, patreon.com slash meeple syrup. Again, if you are at all able to support the show, uh, currently what it's going towards is working towards getting our audio back online for the podcasts. Uh, and also to fund, oh, some neat little changes. So I don't know if you guys all noticed this, but up in the corner over there, right above Paul and Jesse's head, we have a new thing that Erica made for frame. us in terms of <laughs> a frame. Frames. That's what it's called. Uh, and so it's really nice that you know we're learning about this stuff. We're trying to make this show a little more pro every time we do it. Uh, Jesse and Erica and I are trying to figure out how to get a theme song back in. We might not even use the same theme song. So that'll be a change. I know some of you longtime listeners and followers might be disappointed with no more pirate shanty, but we may graduate from that as well. So anyway, uh, on that note, Erica, where can we find you in the vastness of the internet? Uh, all of my game stuff is at Frenemy Games on Twitter, and that's Frenemy with an I. And she made herself a very nice little uh, header for Canva. And the name of the header. I'm, yeah. I'm learning these things so we can look better. <laughs> yeah. Jesse, what about you? Uh, I am always on Maple Syrup Shop Talks during the pot. So You, you literally are. <laughs> How about you, Paul? Where can people find you if they're looking for Mr. Dr. Bray? So I'm on Twitter at uh, at Wayward Clam, but uh, I don't go on Twitter as much. I, your best bet is to uh, I'll, I'll be joining Jesse in the discussions in the Maple Syrup. Uh, okay, shop. or or if you want to make a complaint about Roxley Games, uh, in that case you should press <laughs> it to send. He, he will solve all of your problems. Yeah, if Gavin ever signed one of my games, maybe I would. There you go. Oh. Anyway, whoa. Uh, so. Well, maybe if I designed a game that was worthy of Roxley, I think that's actually there you more go. The point. That's I, I actually part of the point. I wasn't going to say anything. No, no, you don't have to. Try harder, Sam. <laughs> well, the funniest thing, 
is that my kids think try hard is a bad thing because of uh, Fortnite. But anyways, go ahead, uh, Paul. What were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say it's not my decision anyway. So I, I could love your game, but you got to get past Matt Tolman is what you got to do. That's even worse. Get past, <laughs> getting past the toll booth. Matt, the toll booth Tolman. All right. Anyways, uh, that is it for this night. Next week, we are going to have Addy and Liz from um, Gather Around Games. Gather Around Games. Yeah. Gather Around Games. And so we're going to gather around the Meeple Syrup Campfire and chat about indie game design and all the wonderful things that it has in store for us. All right. So we'll see you guys next week on the Meeple Syrup Show. Good night. Farewell. And so long. Bye. 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 Say goodbye. Thanks so much for listening to The Meeple Syrup Show. If you'd like to support us on all of our projects, please check out our Patreon page at www.patreon.com backslash Meeple Syrup. Hope to see you next week.